And first off, happy birthday, Mark. Happy birthday, Mark. I did not text him yet. Today. I'm going to text him right now. <laughs> Let's just do it right now. Let's do it together. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, at the same time, creep him out. Yep. Because we both remembered at the same time. Oh, shit, it's Mark's birthday. Oh, shit. Oh, shit, it's your birthday. We're going to par- not party like it's your birthday because you're an old man. Do I still have the YouTube link for birthday song? I bet you do somewhere. I got to find it now. Anyways, it's the Media Vote Podcast. This is where your source for apparently people looking up things on YouTube, but also uh, for movies, television, video games, and music. All of that, not necessarily in that order, all of that just for you. We, we make it just for you. Born and bred here on the Media Boat Podcast, and how we always start the Media Boat Podcast is, of course, with the box office numbers of the uh, past Before we get to box office, he's Matt, I'm Mike. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Mike, he's Matt, this is episode 99. So be sure to join us next week for episode 100, but first, we gotta get through 99. And speaking of 99s... Our number one movie at the box office yes. didn't even hit 99. <laughs> no, so we called your number one. Of course, it's Justice League. That was no surprise. No surprise. But there. what was the big surprise of the week, or of Justice League being number one, was that it only made ninety-seven doll- or $97. Yes, it only made $97. No, no. no. 90, All theaters sold out. Yeah, $93 million so, over yeah. the weekend. So uh, this is only interesting in comparison to the projections. I remember reading a projection that was sitting around 110. Right. And so this is only disappointing because of that. Well, the studios knew it was going to be hovering around 100. They just right. did the wrong side. Right. We even said it's yeah. going to be 100. Let's set it at 100. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, disappointing as these superhero debuts go. It's especially disappointing if DC was reliant, since DC was ostensibly relying on this to be the thing that really put the DC universe. But there's some things that happened with uh, Justice League, though. Yeah. Uh, you're coming off of Thor Ragnarok. Right. Which doesn't help. Doesn't help. Um, you're coming off of Batman v Superman, which still leaves a bad yeah. taste in people's mouths. Though. So, there was a big thing called Wonder Woman in between those two movies that did a little bit of good. Yes. I think you would have seen the, even the, more dim, dismal numbers for this if Wonder Woman wasn't a smash. I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. I think Wonder Woman gave it a little bit of a boost that it wouldn't have had otherwise, but not enough, clearly. Right. So yeah, I mean, you have kind of people going on, you know, on both sides of the DC Marvel argument about going off about how this is a significant thing. The DC people saying, like, no, it's still really good. You guys freak out over every Marvel movie, but this is still good numbers. And then you have the Marvel people, oh, well, we told you. It's like, you didn't even hit 100. Like, your movies suck. Ours are good. Right. That being said, this is the lowest uh, yeah. output of the DCEU. Yeah. Uh, which brings us which is right into... not great to have on your flagship movie. No, but this brings us right into... Yeah, let's talk thoughts. about... You saw Justice League yes. uh, this past weekend. Uh, to be fair, I was a little bit drunk uh, seeing this thing. Yeah, but maybe that would help. It kind of. So um, <laughs> I read your thoughts. If you want to read Mike's thoughts on uh, Justice League, you can. Mediaboatpodcast.com is where you'll find that story and more. Yes. But uh, generally speaking, what do you think about it? Well... 
as I started off the with my article, DC has a marvelous problem in that it's being Marvel. <laughs> Marvel, for the past 10 years, yes, it's been 10 years since Iron Man yeah. came out, uh, has basically defined the superhero genre. And I mentioned this uh, back when Wonder Woman came out. Yeah. And how Wonder Woman was vastly different from anything Marvel has done, and that was a good thing. That being said, Justice League is very similar to Batman v Superman because of the director. Yeah. Because of Zack Snyder. And I hate to put this all on Zack Snyder's <laughs> shoulders, but he is it's, the... It's hard not to. It's hard not got to. got his style all over it, from what I understand. Yes. And that's because when they signed Zack Snyder for, for Man of Steel, they signed him to a three-picture deal. That's turned out to bite them in the ass. So yeah, he is responsible for Man of Steel, as you said. He's yes. responsible for Batman v Superman. And now, and Justice, now Justice League. League. And all three kind of, seems like they have the same problems. Yes. But you did mention one positive element on why Justice League works better than those movies. And it's... It's the character interaction. Which, of course, you kind of have to... It's, it goes yes. with the, it it's goes an with ensemble the, movie. Because it's an you ensemble movie, to. it's about a team. You're going to have interesting dynamic between... It's the whole reason why Avengers 1 works so well. Yes. I really liked Avengers 1 because... Not it's, because of the fight scenes, not because the the that you know the drama. Yeah. But because of the interaction between the, the superheroes. That's right. That's a fun it's, thing to see. Right, because it's the first time that these standalone heroes in their right. own right Talk to each other. have to team up to meet, to meet and have to team up to do something greater than themselves. I mean, heck, that was even the best moment of uh, The Defenders on Netflix. Yes, the, the, the whole the banter team. between the, the, the just meeting each oh, other, yeah. finding out about each other. Right, and, that, and then, then pairing off. Because that, to me, is more interesting than the fighting. Right, because in the end, fighting the fight just becomes a big CGI fest. Right. And that is the problem with Zack Snyder, is that he's all about the blue screen, yeah. the big CGI. And the slow-mo. How much slow-mo fight sequences are in this? There's a lot, but yeah. there's well, there's only one time that it works really well. Okay. And that is when the Flash enters. So, spoiler, probably the worst kept secret about this movie yeah. is that Superman is in the movie. Even though he's in none of the posters... He's in the movie. From what I understand, there's a reason why he's not in the posters. Well, yes, because, yeah. uh, spoiler, he dies at the end of Batman. I was going to say, you could spoil that movie because I feel like it's been long enough. Yeah. yeah. So he dies. But at the very end, they see, some, they see like, oh, baby, he's not dead. They tease it. and But turns out, yes, he is dead. And so the first... So this movie goes in two different phases. The first hour... Um, Basically, it's get the team together. Let's go fight the big bad guy. Oh wait, we can't defeat him. Yeah. So the whole so the turning point is we need Superman, and then the rest of the movie is basically becomes waiting for Superman. <laughs> I know that's already a movie, <laughs> and I guess I made that joke. <laughs> but yeah, it basically becomes waiting for Superman. Sure. Because. Because really, he's... Because it's actually a documentary. Yes. And it's about uh, teaching. Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes. Because For... they need... Because Superman is the almighty superhero. Right. To do whatever the hell you want him to do. So, it's, he's a plot device. Right. <laughs> and he... And because he's the plot device, he is, like, the ultimate um, hero. 
well, trope card. Yeah, it's kind of like that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you make yes. Superman the most powerful superhero, then you're going to need him to solve your problem. All so if you get rid of super, Superman, then you basically have to write around everything until you realize, oh, wait, no, we just need Superman. Right, well, <laughs> uh, as I saw uh, one person on the internet uh, compared to Dragon Ball, <laughs> where basically you just have to buy enough time for Superman to yeah. show up. Yeah. Or Goku to show up. Right, yeah. Yeah. Your star, your your person who can, is guaranteed to be able to kill these guys. Right. Or defeat these enemies, because I don't think they... Well, no, Superman kills. Batman doesn't. They all. Then against the Zyde... Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, yeah. From what I understand about the Zack Snyder universe, Batman is he doesn't care. Well, well, no, it's that he has to kill on... Because, like, there's no other... Sure. Um, there's no other way around it. Sure. Anyways... One of the things I think that, that got a dovetails with this that you wrote in your thoughts yeah, dovetails oh. dovetails uh, is Not that you said that the problem with Superman, of course, is is that if he's the most powerful, and this has always been my problem with Superman as well, like even outside of movies, right? If he's the most powerful, he's the most powerful, what, then what, what makes him interesting? Well, no, no. well, cause I, I can get behind One Punch Man <laughs> because it's a satire on the superhero genre. Sure, yeah, but yeah, uh, the problem with Superman. Being all powerful, just basically coming in and owning the entire fight, is that you're basically just sitting there waiting for him to show up, and you don't care about anyone else. Yeah. Which does not make for a fun movie-going experience, no. from what I understand. No. So yeah, so this isn't great. It seems like some moments of kind of uh, of the the character interaction at least do it enough of a service where it's at least semi watchable. Yeah. So everything in between the big fight scenes is is salvageable and it is great. It is once you once you get into the we need to establish a fight scene. Oh yeah, this is a superhero movie. We need to establish that again. That's when it starts to um, become a Zack Snyder film. Yeah, and lose all that so uh, hope. If you're, we're hoping that this is going to be another Wonder Woman. It's not. It's not. It's not that. But. If you're a fan of the DC Universe, if you're a fan of Justice League specifically, this may be... Do you think it's, it's got enough of that fan service stuff in it to for, to warrant them? To it does. Out? It does. Okay. Um, so also, it, yeah. if you want something other than a generic Marvel movie, <laughs> this is what you're going to get. Yeah, it's true. It's a change of pace. Right. It's a good change of pace, too. It's just that it becomes... A little too comic booky to where you don't believe it, you can't buy it, you just can't get invested in it, mm. and that's kind of the problem with it is that because Marvel has centered all its superheroes in a relatively real world setting, mm -hmm. even though they do like super fantastic stuff like the Asgard stuff and the realms, and then there's uh, Doctor Strange, um, even though all that is there like, in the supposed real world that Marvel has set up, at least they established that it's in a special certain universe. Whereas this one seems to be all over the place. Where they introduce random characters and you're supposed to, like, get behind them instantly. Yeah. Also, the, for the first 30 minutes, it was basically, hey, we're going to come here, introduce this thing, steal what we need, and then get out of it. It's very jumpy. The very sort of like, wait, what's that? What's that? Is that interesting? Does that have anything to do with everything? Oh, 
and then by the time and then by the time you realize what's going on, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Also, Stephen Wolf, not a big <laughs> name, not a big name uh, villain. <laughs> not to be confused with the band Stephen Wolf. Right. And also not to be confused with what was the Jeopardy clue that we had a couple days ago about Stephen Wolf. It was something else. I don't remember. Anyways, uh, I know it's a, there's a song Stephen Wolf. Anyway, so yeah, so um, you're on our patented media boat scale of... Stream it. Okay, this is a solid stream. This is a solid stream it. Um, stream it because you'll find stuff that you'll like Yeah. in it. Uh, but you don't need to go out and pay 15 bucks for it. No, you don't need to go out and spend your money on this thing. Definitely not right now. Right. When there's other things to see, such as the rest of our top five. Right. Uh, so the rest of the top five, we have... Uh, number two was Wonder... Debuting in yeah, number two. This was a big surprise. Apparently Twenty-seven this, million. This debuted to a way higher uh, a number than the studio even estimated. Right. And apparently, it, it ended up being very good counter programming for people who didn't want to see Justice League. Yeah, I mean, wait, twenty-seven million so, uh, yeah. on a tiny budget. So. Also, I was right. Remember last week we were kind of battling over number two. I said it was going to be this. You jokingly refer to the star as your number two bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> the star that, did not even debut in the top five this week. No, that thing bombed. Number six. Yeah. So, no. uh, but uh, number three was Thor Ragnarok. Yep. With twenty one million, that thing has made two hundred forty seven million total domestically. Past seven hundred worldwide. Yes. So it's already a top ten um, all year worldwide grossing movie. Yep. Uh, number four was Daddy's Home Two. With fourteen million, hanging out there. Yeah, that thing has made fifty million so far. And running at your top five, Murder on the Orient Express. Right. With thirteen million, made fifty one total. On. And apparently, that fifty one uh, total, or I don't know actually what the worldwide is, but they have greenlit a sequel. Murder or uh, yeah, they've greenlit a sequel. Is there a sequel? Like, well, there is more stories okay. of Hercule Poirot. Right. Okay. So and that's ways what to it do is. It. Yes. Um, so where the, the second one is, um, Murder on the Nile, I think. Got it. Or, or it's on the Nile, so something on the Nile. It's in denial. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. That, 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 that'll be cool to see. Yep. Next weekend, or this, this weekend. This coming weekend, this coming Thanksgiving holiday weekend. Yep. Uh. five members from the Oh, wow. You can probably mark us to write the Zamboni at tonight's Ducks game. Cool. Is it his birthday and he's a season pass holder? Maybe. That's pretty nice. Yeah. All right. Just make sure you take pictures. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, so there's Maybe. nothing coming out on Friday. A bunch of small independent movies coming out on Friday. Okay. But that doesn't mean we have a new number one this week. <laughs> <laughs> Has, as of today, tonight, this Wednesday... You can go out and see the new Disney Pixar animated feature. Right. Coco! So Coco. Coco. Pixar release is technically a Thanksgiving release, So, but you can see it today if you so choose. But they've been advertising it as a Thanksgiving release. Right, but you know, when it comes to Thanksgiving, you put your movie out before Thanksgiving. Yeah. That way people can go see it on Thanksgiving. So yeah, um, you have seen this already. You saw the uh, premiere last night. Yes, I saw the early showing. So so tell me, tell me about Coco. What's going on with Coco? I can sum it to you in one sentence. Okay. Halfway through the movie, I thought I was watching the best Pixar thing ever. Uh oh. 
Th that's not a good sentence because what happened to the other half of that movie? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what do you mean that's not a good sentence? No, because that scares me. It sounds like you're setting it up to be that the second half was super disappointing. Well, once you figure out the twist, okay, it becomes a little bit waiting for the character to figure out the twist. Sure. That can be entertaining when done well, though. Yeah. Well, this thing is a hard movie to pull off. Yeah. Okay. They're, they have... Um, this movie is, was stuck in development for a long time. Yeah. A lot of rewrites on this thing. A lot of uh, switching directors. Which is par for the course for Pixar. Right. Uh, sure. But that being said, when you watch the movie, you can get the sense of, well, this is definitely a high concept type of thing. Yeah. Like, well, can you explain this? How do you do that? Or why is that a thing? Like, how's that a thing, but that's not a thing? What if this happens and that happens? But the movie kind of explains most of it. It's a world that they they, they build a world and they have to do a good job. It's a explaining, job of explaining the rules. Of explaining the rules. And you're saying that they actually do a pretty good, decent de like decent job of it? Yeah. It takes some time. Yeah. But they do actually explain a lot of the rules of the world. That's really cool. Because, good. yeah, I was worried. Yeah, I was worried too. <laughs> like especially at the beginning of the movie, I'm, I was worried. Like, well, if it's that simple, why does this happen? Or if someone yeah. does this, how does this happen? And they, I guess there's a code for this thing that explains ha some of that away. Yeah, and they kind of explain some of that thing away. Good. Okay. Which is good. So, uh, so uh, how would you? What would you compare this to tonally? If you were going to compare it to another Pixar movie. Well, it's a family movie. This okay. thing is all about. Family. Which makes me jump to Inside Out. Yes. Like, tonally, is it like that? That kind of balance between, like, this is a story about a family, but also kind of a humorous story about something else? Uh, yes, because it's a, it's a, so, take the, um, the actual, like, real life part of Riley, where she, like, sure. does all, like, the bad stuff, and, like, her, like, it's, like, out of her family. Yeah. Like, basically wants to leave. Take that part, make it the A story, but the B story is just as significant because it's actually about uh, singer-songwriters. Yeah, right. And about how a singer and a songwriter uh, collaborate and, like, who gets credit. Oh. It's a really interesting Simon and Garfunkel thing they have going That's on. Cool, yeah. Which I didn't think they would go with. But they mm -hmm. totally went there, Great. and I was happily surprised. Oh, also about this movie, it's almost it has a lot of original musical numbers. Yeah, um, from Is the Lopez, the people who right. did Frozen, Frozen, and Avenue Q keeps. Yes. So, is this a musical? Partly. Okay. It's a musical in which they set up to do original songs, but those original songs are on a stage, like set up to be. Like Elliot, so there. What you're saying to drop a highfalutin, <laughs> yeah. To drop a highfalutin film school term, are you saying that they're diegetic? Yes. <laughs> Essentially, what that means for our audience is music that comes from the world of the film. So, for example, if your character in the in your film is watching a stage performance of a musical performance, that is diegetic because that music is coming from the world of the film. However, the opposite of that is if you hear the soundtrack, a pop song, for example, start playing 
as kind of a framing device for what you're seeing on the screen that's not coming from anything visibly on the screen. That's non-diegetics, not from the world of the film. Right. So yeah, but you're saying that it is, it is musical in a way that it services formed. Yes, and it services the plot. Yeah. Like significantly. Okay. Um, and I up like I I applaud them for <laughs> for even like trying to attempt this. And it works so well. That's cool. I, like I said, like, this may be one of my favorite Pixar movies. You scared of me all there, though, by saying the caveat that you had. Yeah. Well, the, well, like I said, the caveat is that you, like, the audience, if you're paying attention, easily figures out the twist. Sure. Yeah. Like, it's just, it becomes so in your face that you're like, come on, figure it out. Like, sort of like for you to move the story along, but it the story moves, which is what I like about movies. I like movies that continuously move. That there's a goal in mind. There's yeah. actually a, a a timer for this thing. Right. I, I I like the 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 ticking time bomb. Well, this sounds like something I have to see. Oh yes. Uh, I I, I would add you yes. <laughs> so, uh, I I would put this in the top ten of the year. Great. Well, that's that's really that's really good to hear. I, I may even put it in top five Pixar. Wow, it's that good. I've only seen it once. Yes. All right. Cool. Well, I know what I'm gonna do this weekend. Because I was watching that thing, I was uh, as I was thinking, I was like, "This thing looks great. This thing sounds great. I'm glad that they chose to go with an all Mexican cast with this thing. Yeah. Uh, because it makes it feel really authentic. Cool. Um, I just. <laughs> can't stop praising it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Oh, except for yeah, they do use the Frida Kahlo joke. Um, oh, I'm sure you several have to. times because it is the one thing that's like super de los Huertos. Um, yeah, that's out there. An aesthetic. That, yeah, that's cool. this easily recognizable aesthetic. Cool. Uh, well, that's exciting. I, uh, so this is a watch. Uh, go see it. Oh, this is definitely go see it. So Take your family this weekend family, to go see it. Uh, if you're you're a family who goes um, Thanksgiving to the movies, which is apparently a good idea because nobody does. Uh, you should do that because it seems like this is a good movie to do that too. Cool. Okay, let's move oh, on. Yeah, um, definitely take your family. Um, this is definitely a family film. Yeah. Uh, I do. Well, when you start thinking about it, the one thing I do have about this, which is kind of spoilers, <laughs> is that like, well, when you die, you take your skeleton form, but a lot of the skeletons like in the world look kind of young. Okay. Which makes me think like something happens in like people's like thirties or forties, uh, or maybe it's like an unspoken rule where you get to choose or something. You would think that, but maybe I don't maybe. know. Maybe again, this yeah. is one of those things you're probably not supposed to think about. Right. So yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Uh, let's move on. Uh, so that's next week, really. Well, that's this that. week. Not a whole lot going on. No, like week. I said, Coco was the one thing coming out this weekend. All right. Um. It will be your number one movie, does, obviously. Does Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird go wide? I think that that is happening. Let me see. Did I miss the Justice League review? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, shout out to Aquaman. <laughs> uh, he goes shirtless. Always shout out to Aquaman. Uh, as in he needs his own movie, which he will be. He will be getting his own movie. Yep. Uh, also, Matt, uh, go see Coco. I will. Doctor, go see Coco. I, I would actually like to take you to go see Coco. Go see Coco. Yes. All right, moving on from Coco. Uh, we have movie news, I'm sure. Yes. What do we got this week in movie news? 
Unfortunate Pixar stuff. Yeah, speaking of Pixar, well, unfortunate. Yeah, I don't know. This is a weird one. Right, and I, I put all the weirdness in it too. Yeah, there's some layers to this. Oh yeah. So apparently, Mark's gonna Facebook Live uh, his cool. stuff, so we can see it forever on Facebook. Right. <laughs> we can see what's like uh, shop in the rink from the Zamboni man. Yeah, from the Zamboni. Zamboni man. All right. So yeah. So John Lasseter <laughs> will be taking a leave of absence from yeah. Pixar. It is apparently a self-imposed sabbatical. Yes. Uh, he cites quote missteps that yeah. the studio has taken in recent years, and that he feels that he is no longer the He's not the leader or mentor that he wanted to be, and therefore will be stepping aside uh, for the time being until he can get his house in order. So, in the statement that he released, there's a brief part where he mentions that there may have been conversations or interactions that he had with staff that he felt like maybe that the, the people involved felt were uncomfortable or awkward. Well, I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah. So, while he's gone, he will still serve as executive producer. In name only, uh, on upcoming Pixar projects. Of course. But there's currently no timetable for his return. Uh, this comes right before allegations of his, quote, unwanted advances, hmm. uh, which, as most people put it, prolonged hugs that maybe last just a bit too long with female staff staffers. Ah. This is interesting because I feel like I've heard that anecdote before. Yes. That he gives really long hugs. Yes. Uh, someone actually found a clip of him meeting Miyazaki. Yeah. And instead of doing the traditional Japanese handshake, running up and hugging him, and Miyazaki's yeah. trying to get out of it. <laughs> you're knocking out of a, a John Lasseter hug. The John Lasseter's hug is like Donald Trump's handshake. Yeah. He can't get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me out. So... Now, do you have the other part of this, which is kind of weird? Yeah. The other part is yeah. that uh, the last time that he took this leave of absence, mm -hmm. he uh, took a road trip with his family on Route 90, the historic uh, or, sorry, Route 66. Right. Uh, and we ended up with cars. And we ended up with cars. <laughs> so, I don't know if we're going to end up with a different kind of movie, because I don't want to see that movie if he comes back <laughs> with an idea. Uh, no, um, what I'm referring to is that there was something I heard Involving actress Rashida Jones. Oh, uh, I saw that. Rashida, I did. Uh, do I have to hear my bits though? No, I don't. So but but was, Rashida Jones yeah. is left the writing for Toy Story Four. So uh, amid um, different, uh, what was it? What was the phrase they used? Something, something. It, 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 it was a different understanding of the Toy Story universe. So that's basically what I got out of so, it. So. When, yeah, when we covered that originally, because remember we briefly talked about this back when this originally happened. Uh, but at the time, you, we weren't in kind of this um, this uh, zone we're in right now where the common uh, reason for women leaving a post or for men um, being called out for inappropriate behavior as, uh, as uh, Lasseter is called out for himself. Right. Um, the, we just kind of assume that something's going on with that interaction. To the point where Rashida Jones actually had to say a statement yesterday saying that the reason why she departed the movie was not due to inappropriate conduct on behalf right. of us. So she did go out and out of her way and actually say that just yes. so that that would be off the table. So that way people wouldn't just assume that that's what is going on here. Right. So 
For all we know, I mean, this is Lassiter, you know, being honest and being uh, aware of himself. Right. Apparently, he has had apparently he has had several uh, HR meetings about yeah. his hugging. But or this like is his a, interactions. There's a key but, difference between this and the other things we've seen recently, which is that this is not somebody alleging right. someone non-anonymously coming out and saying this X person did this X thing. This is just a man being like, oh man, I probably have screwed up. Yes. And probably seeing his colleagues like this being, you know, rightfully called out and probably just thinking to himself, well, if I can do something to better myself, I'm Ooh. going to do it. Right. Also, he's also the CEO of yeah. Disney Animation. It's a big deal. It That's is the a big deal. Part of this is that yes. this is a big deal. Not to say, of course, if that any of this did actually, like, if any of this happened, of course, you know, if if it did, then that'll come out. You know, if the people want to want it to come out at some point. Mm-hmm. But he's taking the steps, but that, of course, does not forgive him of any possible inappropriate behavior he's done. Correct. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's an interesting thing because this is kind of somebody who is a big head honcho at Disney, leaving for a while. So we'll see if this makes any difference. Probably won't. Right. I feel like the studio is pretty much running themselves. Yes. Oh yes. And speaking <laughs> of uh, Disney and uh, Pixar, yeah. Um, before Coco is um, Frozen, Oh Lost Frozen Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot to mention that. So yeah, it's not an original uh, Pixar short. Piece, Pixar short. It is a. So spin-off. this is the first time that this has happened, right? I believe that so. A Pixar so that they've crossed. film has been introed with a Disney short. I not believe a Pixar so. Short. Yes, because normally Pixar does a Pixar original yeah. short. I think is this because of the weird like um, schedule that they've had in the last three years, where Maybe. Like, things kept get. Be- their films kept getting moved. Maybe, but I think this is also a part of the fact that uh, the Lopez's are working on both. Maybe, yeah. Because uh, there is original music in that. And so that also, um, it gets people to, if you love Frozen, to go see the movie for the short. That's, I mean, I didn't know I mean, that it was there until you just told me, so I don't know if that's fair. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, in the big billboards in uh, movie theaters, right at the bottom it says... You can also see uh, a Lost Rose Adventure. Yeah. So okay, it's I, there. I didn't know that, but but yeah, I, yeah. I mean it's that's interesting because yeah, I mean the one of the cool things about the Pixar shorts is that it's kind of a way for them to demo new directors, right, or demo new technology and new technology. So this doesn't exactly have that. No. But that being said, I'm sure it's fine. It's a fun adventure because yeah. it is timely. It's uh. Basically, Olaf so. gets accused of sexual harassment and he has to leave his position. Well, no, because no, uh, no not because, that kind of timely. No, not that kind of timely. Okay. Uh, because <laughs> Anna and Elsa have never spent Christmas together. They have no family traditions. Oh, okay. So this is Olaf uh, on an adventure to try and find a family tradition for them. Because well, he doesn't know what family tradition means. Well, no, <laughs> no, also because they have none. Right. Because Elsa was locked up in her room. I just, sorry, when you said that, I just imagined Olaf not understanding that. And so thinking that he was searching for something called a family tradition. Actually, yes. That is also okay. part of the joke. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Let's move on. Moving on to another director. Quentin Tarantino. Oh, boy. So as we did note um, last week, he has finished his script. And he's also got funding now. Uh, so Sony has given the director a $100 million budget. Sorry, just real quick. It's funny that you're using that picture 
because <laughs> there was this great Twitter joke I saw last week that was that was uh, this picture of uh, of Quentin Tarantino makes it look like he's gonna bust Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> Well, that, that's actually the latest picture for him. I know! Yes. That's, that's why I used it. Anyways. Ah. Yes. Uh, yeah, anyways, yeah. So, his next uh, movie will be $100 million. Uh, that's an expensive movie. Uh, it's his ninth studio film. It's his, I think this is his highest budget, too. Yeah. Uh, the project will be set in L.A. in 1969. Sure. He's eyeing Margot Robbie. Uh, for the role of Sharon Tate. Of course he is. And the male leads uh, being eyed as Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, it will The story will focus on a TV actor who has a one-hit series and is looking for a way to get into the film business. Uh, his sidekick slash stunt double is looking to do the same thing. Uh, the So supposedly the Manson murders... That takes that this thing's supposed to be based off of is actually the set uh, in the backdrop uh, instead of the main story. Hmm. At least that goes from uh, what uh, he's been pitching or uh, what he pitched to the studios. Okay, that could be interesting. Yeah. Well, Sharon, well, because Sharon Tate, actress, right, and then this is them being actors. Trying to get into actor stuff. Actors. 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 Okay. Cool. Moving on. Moving on. What else do we got? Uh, just going just gonna to wrap it up real quickly with the bits. The because bits. we had two, um, two thoughts. Right. Wrap it up real quickly. So, the bits. Uh, Dunkirk. If you thought you were done with Dunkirk, it's not done with you. I'm not Dunkirk. Yep. As it will return to IMAX screens. And 70 millimeter projections. Just in time for award season. Okay. So if you didn't see Dunkirk in the summer, what was wrong with you? Also, <laughs> now's the perfect time to go see it. It's like, also, hey, Academy, remember this exists? Yep. Yeah. Um, the Fantastic Beast sequel uh, gets a... Name. Name. Yeah. Yes. The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, domestic Abuse. Oh, sorry. We're talking about the character, not Johnny Depp? Yes. <laughs> sorry. Too many scars. Again, that was a Twitter joke, not mine. Yes. <laughs> uh, we also get a Star Wars runtime of 150 minutes. Damn. That includes credits and is the longest Star Wars movie to date. So get ready for a long-ass Star Wars movie. Uh, to put that into perspective, 150 minutes... Two and a half hours ugh, ugh. from start to end. I feel I feel I feel like episode two and three were super long. So I can't imagine how long <laughs> this is gonna be. <laughs> yep. God. Alright. And All lastly, right. the Incredibles two trailer is out. Yeah, well teaser. Teaser. I think it's very generous to call that thing a trailer. Oh yeah, it's a teaser. It's a teaser. Yep. It uh, confirms that this is uh, uh, picking up exactly where the last one left off with Jack Jack finding his powers. Yep. Um, and pretty much that's it. <laughs> pretty much. That's all that confirms. So uh, we have no idea any plot, a new characters, nothing. We don't have anything except it confirms that um, uh, Jack Jack has powers and that probably, presumably some of the plot will be about him trying to control them. 
Yes. Or the family trying to help him. Because he's a baby. He can't control nothing. Right. Fair enough. Do we establish why she has blonde hair yet? I don't know. I think I, I, I missed the pilot for this, so I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to TV and the world of sports. Sports. Yes. What do we got, sports? So, UCLA players have been in trouble recently. Uh, basketball players specifically. B-ball. Yep. The big baller brand. Uh, <laughs> yes, in fact. In fact, yes. Uh, this is exactly that story. Oh, God. Uh, so, three UCLA players were accused and convicted, I guess. Is, yeah. Of yes. stealing sunglasses while playing in China. Shoplifting. Yeah. So, yeah, um, you would think that people who make a bunch of money playing professional basketball... No, 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 no. These are oh, college... I'm sorry. Never mind. Then that makes 100% sense. <laughs> they get none of that money. No, they get no money. <laughs> yes. So, the college of UCLA. The college. Yes. Uh, has decided to suspend these players until further notice. Right. But that's not where the story... Well, that's where the story ends. But there's a bunch of stuff in the middle too. Oh man! <laughs> All right, where to begin? So, so they stole stuff. Yes. The president was obviously at the at the current time on his uh, Asian tour. Trip to Asia, yeah. yes. Asian. Trip to Asia. Yes. Trip to Asia. Yes. Yes. His Asian tour and had to be in China at the same time, where yes. he negotiated the release. <laughs> Of the players. Yeah, probably not. But that's what was said. Yes, that was said. Um, so, and then upon returning home, the players <laughs> made an, a written statement apology. Yeah. Saying thank you to the president. This is where we should mention what one of those players were. One of those players is Lee Angelo Ball, <laughs> son of the big uh, spoken, uh, of the spokesman, outspoken, outspoken Lakers dad. <laughs> yes, LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball. So, this is something that I think. Have we talked about LeVar Ball on this podcast? I swear we have. Yes, we have. And also, I think we also mentioned we, when. We, um, we mentioned him back when they were doing the NBA draft yes. and how his son, and then, Alonzo. More Which recently, should be drafted by the Lakers. And more recently, he's probably come up because uh, Keenan Thompson has started doing a LeVar Ball character on SNL's Weekend Update. Yes. Uh, he uh, did one before, like, did it last on the last season. Edition, and then yes. he did it again in the regular season this season. Right. And so, yeah, LeVar Ball, and there's no, no surprise why he would do an impression of this man, because this man is out there. But you know, He is an impression of someone. But you know who is more out there? So apparently, judging by the actions of this week, our president. Our president. <laughs> so, ex- talk about what happened between the two of them. <laughs> uh, so, uh, being a master troller himself, <laughs> LeVar Ball said, on Twitter, said, yes. huh? Who? In regards to Donald Trump yeah. uh, getting his son free. Yeah. To which President Trump took offense to that immediately. <laughs> And fired back, saying, do you think they would have been released if it wasn't for me? Ugh. And Twitter war ensued. My, my, my favorite thing about all of this is that they had a LeVar Ball on CNN to talk about it. Oh, yes. And just the, 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 he just goes on a whole thing about it. It's hilarious. Look it up if you haven't heard it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's just amazing that we live in a time where the 
father of a basketball player is feuding with our president. Right. I mean, doesn't he have more important things to do? Apparently not. Apparently the golf course was closed. Oh, no, I was talking about LeVar Ball. Oh, I mean, yeah, probably not. <laughs> also, probably not. Yeah, oh, yeah. Big Ball brand runs itself at this time. Hey, no, those $500-something dollar shoes run themselves at yes. this point. Okay, we need to stop talking about LeVar Ball. Let's right. move on. Right, let's move Anything on. Anything else in sports? Uh, yes. Uh, because tomorrow is Thanksgiving, get prepared for four days or four games. Thanksgiving games. Football. Yep. Football. It's lots and lots of football. It's a tradition. Yep. In a lot of households. Yes. Not mine. You know what my uh, Thanksgiving television uh, 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 tradition is? Specifically watching the football episode of Friends. No. It's funny, but no. Oh. And no, it's not Slapsgiving episode of uh, How I Met Your Mother either. No, our is, is, is it a that goes back to the early '90s. It's the Mystery Science Theater uh, 3000 Turkey Day <laughs> marathon. They used to do it on television uh, back when it was airing on television. Since then, uh, uh, they brought it back around 2011, and they've started doing it on uh, streaming services like YouTube. Right. So yeah, uh, if you like Mystery Science Theater, they're doing it again this year. Also, if you like Mystery Science Theater. It's on Netflix. Well, it's still on Netflix, but also they're doing this. Yes. Which is cool. So uh, they'll probably combine some new episodes of the Netflix revival as well as some classic episodes of the original series. So check that out if you like it. But that has nothing to do with sports. Are you know the sports? Uh, yes. All right, then let's move on to proper television news. Uh, so in proper TV it's news... only news about the proper television. Yes. So Downton Abbey and Great yes, British Bake Out. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Got. No, and the FCC. <laughs> oh, they keep it proper. Yes, you don't know me, but the FCC does. F- FCC knows everybody. Yes, even those weird morph guys. Yeah, because FCC won't <laughs> let me be me. Morphs. Pork. Pork. Porks. I was like morphs. Porks. Everyone's gonna love a pork. <laughs> everybody loves a pork. Yep. Okay, tell me about the FCC. What's what they're doing? Uh, so uh, this is actually a follow up to okay. two uh, weeks ago. When we noted that the FCC was looking to uh, repeal a rule that it had uh, yes. established a seventy back in the seventies. So this was about uh, companies owning local television stations. Yes, and th- there used to be limits for that. Right, but now they're not. Correct. Uh, they uh, actually it, uh, it's about blocking broadcast media mergers. Yeah. And making it far easier for media outlets to be bought and sold to broadcasters. Right. Uh, thus being owned by, only by a handful of companies. So It's basically yeah. one big antitrust act. It's what, yeah, that makes sense. But this is, what, what what's happened now is that that's being reversed. Right. So now there's no regulation, as not as much regulation on that kind of thing. Correct. This is... Yeah, it's, uh, where is it? Here. Yes. Um... Yes, there'll be. Uh, this was eliminated. Uh, they eliminated the regulation on a three to two vote, split vote. Uh, so this basically means that small media outlets uh, that are struggling to survive can and most likely will be bought up by bigger corporations. Right. And because expenses for for those smaller outlets would be too expensive, they'll be moving uh, stuff to the bigger cities. So if this sounds familiar at all. That's because this has already happened to radio. Yes. Back in 1996, I want to say. 
Is that when that happened? Uh, the Communications Act, 1996? Yeah. I want to say that it was part of that. Yeah. If it wasn't, it was shortly thereafter. It was in the late 90s. Right. Um, but yeah, this happened already to uh, radio, which is why you have uh, major companies like Clear Channel um, own, owning, uh, sorry, iHeartMedia yes, owning so many branded. radio stations in the major markets and kind of removing local programming from non-major market stations and replacing it with pre-recorded major market shows like uh, Top 40, Ryan Seacrest, and stuff like that. Right. This is why LA uh, stations got rid of the uh, local only right. stuff that they used to do every night. Yeah. Stuff like that. It, 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 so imagine that, but for television. But as our... Uh, as uh, our, our television friend, uh, not actually friend, that'd be cool if we were friends, uh, John, John Oliver pointed out on last week's night this season, is that there are some pretty nefarious companies that could be out to buy your local station and replace their your local programming with some pretty lousy stuff. Well, not only that, but they also get to determine right. what programming you get to see. Yes, it has a direct effect on what programming is shown on your local stations. So we're kind of in a weird zone for this. We're in a major market. We see all the LA stations. So we actually don't know what this is like. Well, because we don't have a cable. <laughs> the closest we've had to um, like a local channel was uh, the KDOC, which was local for a long time. I believe it still is. Uh, but I, I actually went there for a job interview. Yeah. But all I do is reruns. That's they the don't thing. do anything original. And that's why I brought when it up. they do, it's once a week. They used to try to be some sort of network. But what happened is, that, yeah, with the competition of the being in a major market, mm -hmm. you kind of, they kind of had to settle into a zone where they're showing really cheap content. Yep. Um, Lots of family guy. So And local access stuff. You know, like it's infomercials and crap. Yep. Because whatever they can afford to do is what they have to do. There are probably still markets in the, in the U.S., just not here, that do have still a thriving local local station. This might threaten that. So, good luck for those of you in uh, that situation. Yep. It'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Yeah, and uh, speaking of content that you are specifically shown, bring us right to our next uh, thing. Okay. Uh, if you've been anywhere around the internet lately, yeah. you've seen the battle for net neutrality. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's looking good. No, the only reason this is here is because a lot of people stream TV right. shows, whether it's Hulu, Netflix, uh, PlayStation's View. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So essentially, if you don't know, I mean, net neutrality is a term that I'm sure we've probably brought up on this podcast. I believe we have. It's been before. going around for uh, years now, uh, if, though you're still kind of in the dark about what this means. Or whether you should be for it or against it. Yeah. Let's break it down. Net, net neutrality, what that means, just the term net neutrality means that's the net right now. That's a net yes. that is not influenced by any large corporations, by any corporation's money, uh, to change any website, to balance change the balance of any website over another, any content over another, any provider over another. Right now, the internet that I have is the same internet that you have. I can go to the same websites, ask, access the same content, no worries. Like, I can tell somebody in Wisconsin that I'm going to a website and engaging in this content, and they can probably engage in the same content without having to pay more or less than I'm paying, depending on what they're paying their provider. Right. Right now, the only difference is in terms of upload and download speeds. Yes. Depending on how much you're paying your provider. 
so this is where it kind of gets into the the the, the, the path towards path against net neutrality that a lot of ISPs and major corporations are for. And that is bandwidth caps. That's kind of the Trojan horse that we've been seeing that's going to lead towards that direction. Mm -hmm. Bandwidth caps are essentially your ISP or internet service provider saying, you can only use this amount of memory every month or so or every period of time that we deem ahead of time. So um, or you'll get overage charges. You just, it's basically like your cell overages on your cell phone back when that was still a thing. Well it is still a thing for people who have data yeah. caps. Yeah. Uh, like you feel if you're not on an unlimited plan and you only have like five gigs of data. So once upon a time that wouldn't have been a big deal. A lot of not that many people were power users when it came to downloads. However, twenty seventeen, what two of the major things most popular things you do on the internet are one, Netflix and two, two YouTube, uh, YouTube, and both require a lot of memory download. And yes, so because they are videos. If you're a heavy Netflix user, if you're, for example, somebody who uses it every single day to watch HD content, you're going to see that number add up, and soon, soon you're going to have Comcast uh, giving you a call or not even letting you know. You're going to get on your bill for Comcast an overage fee because you went over your cap. Mm -hmm. Or the alternative, and what's almost kind of worse, in my opinion is they'll slow you down after you hit a certain amount. All of a sudden, well, that you used to be the number, thing. They'll crank, it, crank your service off, and you'll just be like, oh, well, now I can't watch anything because it's all pixely. Well, that's actually what Verizon does, is if yeah. you hit 25 gigs in a month, it will slow you down. Right. I think um, T-Mobile does it as well. There's similar stuff for cell phone plans. There's going to be similar stuff. So if you aren't aware, you like do some research, be aware if your ISP is doing... Anything similar? I've done the research. I also talked to somebody who works for our uh, provider. Mm -hmm. He swears up and down that he has had no one tell him that they've hit the cap yet, but he's aware that there is one. Okay. But he says he thinks it's, quote, impossible for an average person to reach, unquote. That is what he told me. Then again, he's also going to get a paycheck from that company, yes. so I don't know. But I'm also pseudo-related pseudo to him now. So yes. Anyways, I've tried to do my own research on that. It seems like there is a cap, right. but I don't know how long. Uh, um, but there's also... Uh, so it could get worse is where this is going. Right. That's only one of the ways this things can go. Yeah. The other way is the EA way. <laughs> I saw that too. Yes. Uh, what we mean by that is because of the recent microtransactions that EA has brought upon Star Wars Battlefront where paying $60 doesn't give you the whole game. Similarly, paying a certain amount to your ISP will not give you the whole internet. Uh, it will give you... Certain websites that the uh, mm -hmm. that the uh, that your service internet service provider deems what you should be uh, available to you what, and yeah. what shouldn't be available to. You. One of the Basic. comparisons I saw was to a, uh, a cable plan. Okay. Where you have a base package that they could charge you for. Right. That everybody gets. Then expansion packages like. How on a cable package you would buy the movie package, right. and this would be like the social media package. Here's access to uh, Facebook and Twitter and uh, stuff like that, and LinkedIn. Here's the, uh, the sports video package. package, which is Netflix and YouTube. Here's the sports package, which is special streaming on ESPN.com, stuff like that. So they could compartmentalize uh, a la carte package the internet right. for extra price than you're already paying. Right. That's the scary future we could be looking at. Right. Uh, someone compared it to, I saw, a library. 
mm-hmm. where because you live in a local in a single market where there's only one library, yeah. that you only have access to that one library and whatever that library deems you to uh, books you check out or websites you visit, mm-hmm. then they'll charge you specifically per website. Like yeah. if they own this website then they'll charge you less for it because it's what you can afford. Yeah. Whether they're charging you more for stuff that you need, but you can't afford it. The popular example of that specifically was um, that if Verizon uh, gets the power of this to do something like this, they could have Yahoo search be totally free and charge you for Google. Right. Of course, when I read that, I thought this is kind of a weird thing because didn't they announce that Yahoo is going to stop being a search engine? Yes. So that didn't make any sense to me. But still, but it's, it's, an example for, of, yes. it's an example of this company owns this thing. So, for example, if somebody was in bed with Bing, they would force you to get Bing instead of Google. Right. If that. If that. It's just an easy example to explain to someone. Or if, you know, maybe you get Hulu but not Netflix or something like that. Right. Stuff like that. So, it sucks. I mean, we've, we've literally grown up with the internet. I mean, we yes. had we've had the internet since a we lot of our generation around. have shaped the internet. Yeah, since be- between the ages of five and ten, it was kind of for us. It was in its nascent stages, right? And like so, basically, we were like just coming like aware by right. the time the about ninety five ish. Yeah, that's really early. I, I probably wasn't using it until like ninety nine, two thousand. Personally, probably uh, uh, like extensively, but. But, so we have always known, and a lot of people around our age has always known a world where the internet is just this thing that you have access to, and that isn't controlled by any entity. So this would be a big shift to the internet that we know it, as we know it, which is crazy. So, if you don't want uh, to pay individual prices per website, or, you know, or streaming service, or if you want to keep the internet as it is right now. Yeah. Call your senator. Yeah, net neutrality is a big deal. Make sure your senator's for it. Uh, because, yeah, don't get confused. As he said, it's confusing whether yes. you want to be for or against it. You definitely want to be for net neutrality. Neutrality in this case is good. Yes. It means that it's everything is equally accessible. Yes. That's what that means. So just keep that in mind. Cool. Yep. Do we want to move on now? Yeah, we spent a lot of time on that. We did. But we needed to. It's important. Yes. We, we might not be able to do this podcast if they pass stuff like that. Because yes. they could cap our streaming ability. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, keep that in mind. Medium Book Podcasts may only have 100 episodes if this goes through. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we may, well, yeah, we'll hit next week. We still do audio. Yeah. Oh, well, then we didn't have to worry about if Podbean changes there. Whatever. Yeah. Let's keep going. <laughs> this is just never hit the 100. Squarespace doesn't let us toast it. Yeah. All right. All right. So, anyways, uh, the other big uh, so I didn't want to cover this thing, but it's effective immediately and effective TV show wise. It is kind of a big deal for just uh, television history. Yeah. Okay. So Charlie Rose, yeah. that's who that is. Well, that's basically old man yells at things that's not uh, Mickey people. Rooney. He doesn't yell at people. Do you watch sixty minutes with him on? <laughs> basically, he he was if Mickey Rooney did. I investigative journalism. Are you thinking of Andy Rooney? Yes, I am thinking of Andy Rooney. <laughs> like, Mick, I would watch Mickey Rooney do some investigative No, I am thinking of Andy Rooney. <laughs> and you're thinking of Andy Rooney. Ever wonder what... Yeah, that's Andy Rooney. Yes. I uh, know, but... Ever wonder how Rapunzel's mother died? 
<laughs> no, no, I didn't. Actually. Anyways, uh, so yeah, Charlie Rose has been terminated. I used to buy these lollipops for five cents. These days, you can't get a lollipop. Sorry, for a nickel. <laughs> okay, keep going. Anyways, Charlie Rose has been terminated from CBS News, according to yeah. network president David Rhodes. And guess why? Uh, this comes as after the Washington Post. Uh, yes, that Washington Post. Yes. Uh, reported details of a pattern of coercion and harassment of women. Yeah. Including uh, one account where he had a robe on, and mm-hmm. that was it, and the robe was open. Yeah. Yeah, not great. Not great. So, I mean, yeah. Yep. He's, you know, an institution on television. He's been on television for decades. Um, right. He's, he's, he does wield some on, power. On uh, CBS. Or used to, I guess, now. And also, his interview show, Charlie, named after himself, Charlie Rose. Yes. Um, has always been kind of the interview show for years and years and years and years. Yep. And, you know, he, they come on a dark set. It's just two chairs. And mm-hmm. just them chatting. Uh, so yeah, this is a big deal because uh, of that, that both both uh, CBS and... Uh, uh, PBS, PBS and Bloomberg have uh, announced that they would cease the distribution yeah. of his show, Charlie Rose. Deal with him completely. Yep. Uh, according to uh, the letter of memo sent out by President David Rhodes, he said, quote, this is, there's absolutely nothing more important and ensuring a safe professional workplace. Yes. Obviously, there was more to this, but that's the main line to get out of this thing. Right. Uh, th- good for them. They made the right call. Um, and again, this is just to get another in a string now. Uh, people getting called out you yeah. know, on their on their, their, their behavior. And good for, good for that because we don't need stuff like that happening to, to people who just guessed our program. You know, like you think that it's just going to be like they're going to ask me questions. It's going to be the usual press junket. I don't need to see Charlie Rose's press junket underneath his robe. Ha! Ha! Moving on. Moving on. To the bits. The bits. The bits. So, uh, speaking of people leaving, Jeffrey Tambor exits Transparent speaking amid of, sexual harassment claims. Yeah. Now I wonder where that show's going to be, because isn't he the star of that show? Uh, give or take. From what I understand is it's become a lot about the, the auxiliary characters as well. Like, what's your name? The, the, the main lady? Mrs. Tambor? No. Mrs. Transparent? Anyways. Uh, so yeah, I think that they can do that show without him. No. Alright. Um, I'm curious, uh, uh, they've already kind of written into the... I don't know if this is a quick... This has to be coincidental, right? That his character on Star vs. the Forces of Evil now barely speaks. Oh. Glob Glob? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, or oh, well that's really convenient for them. They basically they just either write, choose to write him out completely or just have him never speak again. Or, yeah, because they only have him uh, recorded for Glamour. Yeah, they can totally times. get away with it now. Yeah. It's, and it's such a weird coincidence, unless, of course, they heard earlier, and that's why they made that call. Right. It's like, well, the fans like this character. We have to bring him back. But let's maybe not involve Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, so, so they made him say some weird phrase. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, also in the bits, Seth Meyers set to host the 2018 Golden Globes. Awesome. That's a good call. I, I, he's on fire right now, so I'm glad that they got yep, him. That's a good call. Yep. Uh, CW, uh, crossover event, Crisis on Earth X. Right. That trailer was revealed earlier this week. Yeah. At one point, uh, they said that there will be up to 30 superheroes on screen in one fight. Heroes. 
I didn't know there were that many across all four shows. I guess, well, there probably aren't in the main cast, but I'm sure they can get some pulls. Yeah. Uh, this sounds like the Civil War of freaking DC. Right. Is it kind of similar? Which is weird, because DC television, yeah. uh, especially on CW, is outpacing that of Marvel television. Yeah, easily. But Marvel movies are outpacing, so it's weird. Yeah, they have their niches. Yep. Uh, also, and lastly, uh, the tragically hip, mm-hmm. um, are Canadian. I didn't know that. Y- yes, yes, they are. Very Canadian. Yes, and so is Alex Trebek. This is true. Yes. Guess how Canadian they are. I don't know. Did, they're, they're super Canadian. Did they do something with Alex Trebek? No, but they, <laughs> well, kind of. They okay. are so Canadian that both have received the Order of Canada honor. Okay. Yeah. Basically, that's like the equivalent of the, the highest a civilian can get right. for Canada. I think ours is the Silver Star for Some, the U.S.? I don't know. For something like that. Yeah, for a citizen, not non-military. Right. But yeah, congratulations. Uh, expect to see Alex Trebek probably sport it on an episode of Jeopardy. Maybe so. Said that just happened. Yeah, it just happened, so it will probably be a while till we see that's it. That's interesting, because the Tragically Hip just uh, broke up, and also one of the members just passed away. Right. So, yeah, that's a big deal. Yep. Okay, are we moving on to music? In fact, that's a good segue. Uh, no. No, we have to do cancellations and news. Correct, we have to do cancellations. All right, let's jump into it. Yep. So, first up, Nashville canceled again. Yep, it's uh, for reals this time, yep. we think. We think. So, it does have its last sixth season. Already filmed in the can. And this was on CMT, right? Yes. Okay. So, sixth season will air. And a movie. But it will uh, end. <laughs> no movie? Yes, with CMT. <laughs> uh, also, Still the King on CMT has been canceled after two seasons. Still the King. CBS has ordered a full season order of SWAT. And they've also ordered three more episodes of the comedy 9JKL. Sure. Uh, VH1 has canceled The Breaks after one season. Okay. That was supposed to go to MTV yeah. before it started second season, but apparently MTV doesn't want none of it. No. They, they started to backpedal. Hey, them's The Breaks. Yep, so that's The Breaks. <laughs> uh, NBC gets a third season of The Good Place. Yay! That's exciting. Yep. And now for the deaths. Not as exciting. Not as exciting. First up, we have Anne Wedgworth, 83, actress on Three's Company, Steel Magnolias, and was also a Tony winner back in 1978. Uh, we also have Hiromi Suru, uh, age 57, Japanese voice actor in Metal Gear Solid and Dragon Ball. She was a Japanese voice actor for Bulma, one of the main... Uh, Characters in Dragon Ball. Right. Uh, they are currently in the run of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, however, the character of Bulma has not been in, in it in several episodes. Mm. Uh, so whether so whether or not they replace her, or maybe write her off, I bet they'll probably replace yeah. his voice acting, after all. Probably. Yeah. But that is a big loss, because um, she did a lot of stuff. Yeah. But those are the, the big two. Uh, stuck out. Right. Uh, we also have Earl Hyman, age 91, actor on The Cosby Show, and Thundercats. Right, yeah. We have Bill Rob- uh, Robertson, 
age 59, actor in Forrest Gump, Patch Adams, and The Patriot. We also have Tell Tills, age 85, Hall of Fame country music singer-songwriter for I Ain't Never, or he wrote I Ain't Never, and Coca-Cola Cowboy. Okay. There's also Pete uh, Warren, Pete Moore, age 78, Hall of Fame singer uh, for The Miracles, mm. and songwriter uh, who wrote the tracks, the tracks of My Tears, Ain't That Peculiar, and Love Machine. Yes, that love machine. Weird. Okay. <laughs> uh, we also have Terry Glenn, age 43, football player, died in a car crash. Aww. Played for the Patriots, Packers, and Cowboys. Damn. And we have Buzz Belmondo, age 70, actor and comedian, uh, in starting Out of This World, Baywatch, and Faster. Then we have one. I'm just gonna go real quick here. Charles Manson died. Right. Yeah. Eighty-three. He, he, dude. <laughs> uh, if you don't know who Charles Manson is, look him up, and then be glad you never looked him up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, important. Uh, uh, I guess in the grand scheme of culture. Yes. Especially in the '60s. Uh, but yeah. Uh, made some really messed up stuff happen and led to murders of some people and was just a kind of a crappy guy, so... Yeah, and... No, he's not cool. Regardless of what your, like, weird counterculture internet hole wants you to believe, he was never cool. Not cool, man. And if you want to... And he will be portrayed on the movies by Quentin yeah. Tarantino. Yeah. Not by Quentin Tarantino, no, but actually, in his movie. You know what? I could totally see, I could totally see actual it. Quentin Tarantino yeah. being actual Charles Manson. Yes. All right. Uh, and lastly, uh, one that happened on Saturday, yeah. uh, Mr. Malcolm Young, yeah. age 64, Hall of Fame guitarist and songwriter. ACDC. ACDC fan. He's the guy. Yes, died of dementia. Uh, when I went to do paint night on Saturday, yeah. they played an ACDC song. Aww. And the, uh, the instructor, I don't think, knew that he died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sad one. Uh, one of my friends in high school. Really, yeah, because really doctor didn't know. And I had to tell him. Yeah. I had to break the news to her during pain nights. Oh. be that guy. Yeah, I had to be that guy. But yeah, uh, one of my friends in high school was a really big fan, ACDC fan. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what we uh, So, with That's ACDC. Segue, though, into music. Yep. What is not ACDC is the Billboard Top 100 and 200, which are neither uh, have ACDC in them. Oh, no surprises here. Yep. Your number one song in the country is Still Rockstar by Post Malone featuring 21 Savage. No surprises there. Number two is Havana by Camila Cabello featuring Young Thug. That's his second week at number two. Debuting at number three, moving up, is Gucci Gang by Lil Pump. Number four, moving up a bit, Thunder by Imagine Dragons. And Thunder. five, holding on to top five by All Her Might, Cardi B with Kodak Yellow, oh. Money Moves. Moving on to the Billboard 200 list, you can guess what number one record in the country is. Is it this Taylor week. Swift? It is Taylor Swift. Her first week of eligibility, she sold 1.2 million copies, as we talked about, yep. in her first week. So that means that she has the number one album in the country with reputation. Number two is The Thrill of It All by Sam Smith, moving down from number one last week. Chris Brown's Heartbreak on a Full Moon is still number three for no explainable reason. 
Number four, Stony by Post Malone. Number five, Divide by Ed Sheeran. Okay. That's your billboards. What do we got coming out? New releases. The Friday. It's a slow news release. It's only five. Because s- it's holiday. Yep. So we have uh, Bjork with Utopia. Bjork. Bjork. Please. All right. Uh, we have <laughs> Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds with Who Built the Moon? Uh, and we have Sept <laughs> with No Cure for Death. <laughs> okay. That's it. <laughs> it's a good week for names and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, so Bjork. Bjork that. Yeah. Bjork album. So, so look for another um, Taylor Swift album. Look for it. Yep. All right, music. Uh, music. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots. STP. Yep, STP. You, you know, know me. me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah, earlier this year, they <laughs> lost their lead singer. Yes. So, but they still have shows to play. And they have found a replacement. Okay. That replacement uh, is none other than former X Factor contestant. What? Former X Factor contestant. That was a curveball. Jeff Gutt. Jeff Gutt. Yep. G-U-T? G-U-T-T? G-U-T-T. G-U-T-T. Yep. Good name. Yep. Not to confuse with Pekka Watiti. <laughs> that is cute. Jeff Gutt. Uh, Gut with two T's. Uh, he will front the band, uh, which already played at the L.A. Troubadour. Cool. He is a Detroit native uh, and competed during the 2012 season of The X Factor. Uh, the band treated Gut's debut as a big event by barring all cell phones in the venue. Yeah. But if you want to listen to him, he will actually uh, they will actually air the entire set on Sirius XM Radio. This Friday. Okay. On Howard 101, the Howard Stern Show, and the alt uh, show, Lithium. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep. The, 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 yeah, that's the XM station. Yep. Lithium. But apparently they played all their hits, including Plush and... Um, <laughs> because, of course. Yes. You have to play Plush. Yep, and Interstate Love Song. Yep. And the crowd... Jesus Christ Post. Yep, and the crowd <laughs> didn't kick him off stage. Okay. So he must be decent enough to... Yeah! Goodbye. Good. Yeah. Well, so, congratulations, Jeff Gutt. Hopefully, you'll become a household name. Maybe. Maybe. Jeff yeah. Gutt, you are already a household name in this household. Yes. And uh, <laughs> speaking of Sirius XM. Speaking of Jeff Gutt. Yes. Speaking of Sirius XM, if you yeah. have it and it's installed in your car, yeah. chances are you probably don't listen to it that often because you're not subscribed. Yeah. Because why would you be? You have the radio or they Spotify. They might even call you. <laughs> like, know you about it. Too. Yes. Maybe. Yes. But if you have it installed, uh, <laughs> like most uh, like most uh, media stuff... I don't know. This, you, I have it right here in my in my lap. I took it out. Put put your, put your Sirius XM away. No one wants to see that out here. I, t- I took it out of my car. I have it right here. <laughs> but yeah. Well, uh, apparently like most uh, big media stuff, they will give you a free trial weekend this weekend. Woo! Cool. They have activated everyone's account uh, for the weekend. And, but, uh, just before warning, if you do try and listen to it, they will try to call you <laughs> They'll track you yet. down! <laughs> yep. Uh, but, yeah, uh, they'll give you 100 free stations. Uh, basically, all the big ones, all the big hits. Cool. Uh, if you want to listen to it this weekend, like, on your big trip to visit Grandma. Yeah. Or Over the river and through the woods. Yep. Otherwise, um, stick with your Bluetooth. 
And be sure, if you are going on those trips, to download your playlist from Spotify. Do it. You will lose service. I guarantee it. Yep, because Through the Woods has no Wi-Fi. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Moving on, real briefly here. That is one Neil Young. Well, I guess Neil old now. Sure. But anyways, uh, Christmas is coming early for, for Neil Young fans, as he is being treating uh, as we are being treated to an upcoming album on December first. But there's more. You know, it's been a tumultuous last couple of years of deaths where I legitimately had to think right now whether Neil Young had died or not. <laughs> yeah, he is still. He's he's still alive. Okay, we double check. Yep. And he's uh, giving you access to his entire music catalog. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think we described this for someone else earlier. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he's giving everyone access to all his music. He describes the archive as a place you can visit and experience every song I've ever released in the highest quality your machine will allow. Cool. It will be called, drumroll please, Neil Young Archives. <laughs> That's the best you could come up with. NYA, yes. Okay. Uh, will be available to anyone free of charge upon launch uh, December 1st. Okay. Cool. So just Google search Neil Young Archives and enjoy all the Neil Young your heart can desire. This is like the opposite of that Taylor Swift XM station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. See? Down at theaters. Yeah, down at theaters. First time hearing about it. Anyways. <laughs> and uh, lastly, in music news, John Lennon is making headwaves. Headwaves? Headwaves. Okay. Uh, as John Lennon, uh, sorry, it has a 50, is a 50 year old man. <laughs> Wait, no. what? So, What's going on? A 58-year-old man okay. has been arrested in uh -huh. Berlin Got it. Uh, on suspicion of handling stolen items from John Lennon's estate. Oh. Uh, German police note that the items were stolen from Lennon's widow, Yoko Ono, mm -hmm. back in 2006, and they have finally been seized. Uh, the stolen goods consist of various items from the estate, including several diaries that were written by him. Uh, they have been confiscated. But it is unclear when they will be returning to the estate as they are part of an ongoing investigation. So, those things exist. <laughs> okay. Moving on. That was really exciting. Glad we covered that story. Moving on. Music to the slow. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of Berlin. Yes, that was the Berlin police that okay. that um, made that arrest. Okay, so what about Berlin? Uh, so Berlin, the country, is getting in on these loot box controversies. Oh, by the way, we're in gaming now. <laughs> Wait. What? Uh, I don't know. I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> so we're in gaming. Oh, we're in video games now. Yes. Video game news. Yeah, video game news. <laughs> Germany. Yes, so uh, Belgium... Uh, getting in on this, uh, whether... Oh, sorry, Belgium. Yes, whether loot boxes are gambling services or not. You said Berlin. Belgium. At first. I did? Now you're saying Belgium. Oh, Belgium. <laughs> These are different. I, you're right, yes. That, that's confusing. 
Anyways, the Justice Minister of Belgium is looking to ban the practice of loot boxes in Europe altogether. Okay. A conclusion has been made that the spread of loot boxes in video games and the difficulty in regulate them using current laws has made cause for concern. Sure. They will be looking into whether loot boxes are considered gambling or not, because if it targets a specific type of people with an addiction, yeah. they can consider that gambling. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. And so if it does, because they are part of the EU, they may be banning loot boxes in video games altogether, except for Great Britain. Right, because they're not in the EU anymore. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this goes because that could definitely influence other countries, including our own, um, to maybe consider the same kind of things. The only difference is is that we here have a pretty powerful lobbying, uh, a, a lobby for video games called the ESA, and so the ESA will fight tooth and nail to make sure that they're not regulated. Right. So we'll see what happens. I mean, that's why that hasn't happened yet for us because the ESA are well. I'm not going to go. Uh, they're making the wrong choice here. I've been on their side sometimes in the past, but I cannot... I'm not on their side on this issue. Or their or their stance on unions, either, but that's another situation altogether. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> in other gaming news, THQ yeah. Nordic. Yeah. Has they're still a, around. One, they're still around. Two, they've acquired a studio. Okay. Uh, they have... A, uh, they bought Experiment 101. Stitch? It, no. Uh, that's not, that's 326. Oh, that's 626. <laughs> no, this is Experiment 101, <laughs> uh, a gaming company in Sweden okay. for $9 million. Okay. Uh, the studio, uh, sorry, uh, Experiment 101 was founded by Stefan Lundquist. Lundquist. Okay. Uh, he is a former studio art director and the game director of Just Cause. Oh, okay. Uh, the studio was founded in 2015 and is responsible for Biomutant. Sure. Haven't heard of Biomutant? I, I've heard that name. Okay. That name uh, may sound familiar because it was not released yet. Ah. Yes. Uh, Biomutant is a post-apocalyptic action RPG set to release in 2018. Uh, the deal comes. Uh, the deal includes the development studio and all intellectual property rights. Uh, THQ Nordic aims to build Biomutant into one of their major franchisers. After franchisers, franchisers <laughs> after it was well received at Gamescon 2017 Got this it. past year. So they saw what they were working on. They liked, liked it. it and they bought it. They liked it, and so they wanted to put a ring on it. Yes. So they got the thing on lockdown. Got it. They put Experiment 101 on Lockdown. They love Lockdown. They love Lockdown. They love Lockdown. Yep. They love Lockdown. Cool. Yep. Uh, so look forward to uh, them being up Biomutant and hear more about it coming in 2018. All right. Uh, now for the thing we've all been waiting for. Black Friday deals. Uh, yeah, so tomorrow is the... Or tomorrow. Friday is yes. the most ridiculous shopping day of the year. So get your... Uh, Armor ready. R.I.P. Retailers. So R.I.P. Retailers. So, for some choice stuff. Yes. So, some of the deals out there include a PS4 Slim, one terabyte, $200. Okay. 
Now, this is important. This the 199 point price point is traditionally very important for consoles because in the past the most successful consoles have sold most of their uh, units after a price drop to 199. Yes. So this is like known as kind of the transitional period for a console generation between this is a thing that only the, the hardcore want to this is a mass market product. Which PS4 has become yeah. a mass market product. So this is happening. Of course, this is not a permanent drop. This is just for Black Friday. But it is the beginning and this will let the floodgates open for Microsoft to do something similar. They may or may not because may not. PS4 Pro... Yeah. You know, the one that does all the 4K stuff. Right. That is uh, being a, having a price point of $350. Which is only a $50 drop. Hun yes. Yeah. So, but for $150 more, you'll get the Pro version, which is <laughs> includes the HDR, the 4K, yeah. the beefed up stuff. But considering that's almost, <coughs> it's almost twice of what you're paying for the base unit, if you don't have a PS4... And you don't see yourself buying a 4K television anytime soon. It is a no-brainer to pick up the 199 slim. But here's the thing, though: okay. a lot of retailers, including Best Buy, are bundling 4K TVs, <laughs> specifically 4K <laughs> Sony TVs, with the, pre with the Pro. I mean, that's smart. If you want the yes. TV, then yes, get the thing that you use with the TV. Yep. But what I'm saying is, for the average customer who's not going to invest in a 4K TV quite yet. Um, Chris Slim's says, let's be real, the shopping starts tomorrow. Tomorrow night. You know? Yes, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. For the, you crazies out there. Yes. Thursday, uh, brown Thursday feels. Ew, don't call it that. Brown Thursday. The turkey brown. You know what's brown, you know what really is brown Thursday? Thursday? When you're in the bathroom after you eat all that food. <laughs> yeah. That's brown Thursday. No, everyone sleeps on Thursday. Sleeps after turkeys. Maybe you do. Yeah. I do actually. Just yes. take a crap. Uh, however, uh, speaking <laughs> of Sony, uh, PSVR, yeah, will see a price point drop too as well. Yeah, to two hundred dollars. That's smart. Yeah. Or you can get it for three hundred dollars with games. Who needs games? You know, to play stuff. Oh no, there's that. Well, most of well, most of us say it comes like one or two games for three hundred. <laughs> so anywhere between uh, two hundred three hundred dollars, you can get. A PSVR for yeah. either our own PlayStation 4s. Cool. Uh, the Xbox One S will get a price point of $190. $10 cheaper than the PlayStation, but it's the 500 gigabyte model, not the right. terabyte. Yeah. Uh, the Xbox One X, however, will not see a no, price drop. because that thing was just launched, and so they're going to want to get retail price for that thing. Right. And also, the people who are going to buy it are the people who can afford it right now. So Right, and also expect a lot of retailers to confuse people saying, you want the Xbox one, and then giving <laughs> them Xbox, the, the Xbox. X. Yeah. The, X, like, the like, Xbox? Like, this one just came out. Okay, I want that one. Not realizing what yes. they're buying. Instead of the one that's on sale. Also, it sucks how close S and X are. Yes. Sounds Especially good. if you have a someone whose English is not their uh, native language. Right. Or somebody who's maybe a little older and hasn't been following the differences between the two. It doesn't know that there's a difference between the two. Yes. They might hear the, the retail guy say, oh, or a person say, like, oh, it's the X. And they might like the S. 
Yes, the X. Yeah, that one. <laughs> this knows? is the one I want, right? Yes. And then they go up to the front and they try and buy it, realizing how much it is. They're like, well, it's all electronic stuff. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Not which, realizing. Which brings me to my thing that I want to say real briefly about this. About this. Please. I know you guys want your good deals, and I know that that you want, you know, to get out with all your Christmas shopping done on Friday. I get it. But, keep in mind, the people working at these stores are also human beings. Please treat them thusly. And also, keep in mind that they don't want to be there. Yes. They're all against their, they're against their will. They're paid to be happy and deal with your madness. So please... Make it easy, as easy as possible on the people just doing their jobs. Right. And also, if you happen to go to Black Friday like in the afternoon, yeah. please be nice to them if they don't have the stuff you want. Please, yes. Understand. I worked Black Friday, yes. and you explained so many mm-hmm. times to people that we ran out of this stuff. We're like, oh, no, yes. I'm sure it's in the back. Like, Understand that the back sure. is not a magic place where things just come from. I know people who never, never worked retail. <laughs> Think that. Yeah. It's like, oh, they just have everything in the back. No. Like, they have to have stuff for tomorrow, so it must be in the back. No, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. They get shipments every morning. That's how stores work. Yes. Anyway. The, 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 there's a nice staff that restocks everything for us. Literally <laughs> stock people who are constantly going to get stuff. It's not, no, it's not magic. Yes. It's not like Narnia back there. No. So you be smart. Just, that's, that's what I'm saying. Be smart. It's a capitalist nightmare, but be smart. No. Also, uh, for Nintendo Switch... No deals, but expect to see some bundles somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but if you're in the market for a 2DS or a 3DS, those will be on sale. Also, since we won't be podcasting until after this happens, Cyber Monday will be Monday on the internet. So oh, yes. check that out if you're more of the kind of person who likes to shop inside as opposed to out. Yep. Uh, and lastly, the Oculus Rift will get a price drop to $350. Uh, down okay. $50 from 400 Okay. So, if you're looking for a VR machine, maybe the deal is today. Or yeah. it may, may not be a bad deal to go for. It's getting, uh, Just make sure reasonable. your um, computer can run it. Yes. Make sure you have a computer that is capable to run VR. If you do the research, uh, then yes, by all means, go check it out. It's and and by all means, do your research. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't rely on the hourly wage retailer to know <laughs> what they're talking about. Because they're going to want to sell you the thing because that's how they're trained. Right. They're not going to know necessarily every single bit of computer knowledge that you need to know. Do your own research. You have your own serial numbers. Look up what brand of computer you have. Look up your in your like CPU thing about what your graphics card is like. Because yes, if you know, don't think your PC has a graphics card, you cannot buy VR. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, stuff like that. Just keep that in mind. Right. Also, uh, you don't need the most advanced souped up thing to run VR anymore. No, but it's recommended. Oh, yes. It's definitely recommended. Yeah. Try to get the best card you can if you aren't also buying a card. Yes. Uh, or if you happen to have a teenager in the house, ask them for advice. I'm sure they all have stuff to tell you. But what 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 uh, rig runs Overwatch the best? And and just uh, <laughs> make sure you write them down. Make sure they write it down yeah. for you because you will not remember half the stuff. Like, Trust me, I've dealt with old people who don't know nothing about yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah. My parents. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I used to do a call center for installing software. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Anyways, be safe and be nice. Be nice and be safe. Yes. Moving on.
And that brings us to uh, two thoughts. Yes. All right. So first one is one we're talking about uh, for a lot. Wolfenstein. Yeah. So we've been finally jumped into some Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. We, uh, in fact, played a little bit of it just before we jumped onto this podcast uh, tonight. So if you want to see the archive of that stream, it's archived on twitch.tv slash mediaboat. So check that out. So we played a little bit of that. Uh, it's the sequel, of course, to Wolfenstein The New Order. Right. That was a PS4 launch title. PS4 and Xbox One um, around the launches of both. Yes. I think there was also PS3 and 360 versions of that game as well, if you still have the older consoles. This, however, is fully uh, the current consoles. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of already went over on the stream. We're liking it so far. We're not yep. that far into it. Um, we're about probably... Maybe a third. Maybe a third in. Uh, so we yeah, quite it, a ways. it feels like we're done with Act 1. The story's going some places, but I feel like this is definitely something that we're not going to have a whole lot more to say about until we finish it. Yeah. So... With that being said, um, I'm... Liking the story so far. Yeah. It definitely goes places, and yes. uh, I do see why this gets nominated for Game yeah. of the Year stuff. And the gameplay, I mean, it's it's very similar to the, the one before this. It's a lot of self-combat combined with just kind of all guns blazing, gun. just running gun. It's It seems to want you to trade between the two at will. It doesn't necessarily have, like, a preference. It's very, it's, it's fun either way. So yeah, it's it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, although one of the things is we're playing on a very easy difficulty because uh, apparently that thing ratches up super hard on the middle to even like like even like like the high, but also like the middle tiers of difficulty are mm-hmm. pretty hard. So so yeah, if you're in it for the story like we are, uh, I'd recommend playing at the lowest difficulty like we are. Then uh, then the other new release, the other thing we've been playing. Animal Crossing. You played more mobile. of this than I have, so I'll let you roll. I started this. It seemed w- I got overwhelmed. And oh, you got overwhelmed just when they said, "Okay, now here's seven people you can visit." Yeah, here's all these places that just your map just now completely opened up, and here's all these animals. Go, and I'm like, uh, and so it was loading the next screen, and it errored out, and I was like, "This is my sign. I need to get out now." So you, however, you played a little bit even today. Yeah. So, how, what is Animal Crossing Pocket Camp? So, uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is a mobile game where you are a Animal Crossing. You are an Animal so Crossing. So great, so far. And um, Animal Crossing. You run a camp. And there's different SCPs around who have their own camps, and they all need help. It's uh, basically setting up their camp and running their camp. And the more stuff you do for other people, the more they'll do for you. Typical uh, fashion of Animal Crossing. Now, where this thing gets interesting is that they're everywhere. And then you can do it with other people, too. And the more people you have, the more friends you have, the more your camp blows and blossoms. Okay. And this seems like an endless world, which I think is the point. Yeah. It's meant to feel endless and, like, go around collecting different friends and stuff. It seems like it's a smart way to make the Animal Crossing formula into a mobile game. Oh, yeah. It feels a lot more compartmentalized because you have timers on building stuff and you have 
limits to when you are able to get fruit from trees, etc. It seems like it's designed around a mobile interface, but at the same time, it has kind of the main things you want to do in Animal Crossing. It has interactions with your animal friends. Mm -hmm. It has, like, where you you do jobs for them, you befriend them, you talk to them, you invite them over. Uh, and then you have the uh, the furniture and uh, designing yes. uh, part of it, where you're building your campsite like you used to your house. You're organizing furniture and stuff like that. So it seems like the a way good I, way of like of taking those concepts from the console and uh, DS games mm -hmm. and bringing them to the mobile phone. Well, it's like it's as if um, uh, what is it? Is it a Farmville? Yeah, was more interactive. If it was a game with other farms. If it was an actual game. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than just planting stuff and waiting for a timer to run out. <laughs> yeah. But if Farmville was an actual game. And set around uh, summer camp, it, we would get Animal Crossing. Yeah, fuck again. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. I, it's cooler than I thought it was going to be. Even though I, it's not for me. Right. But there are definitely people where this is definitely for. Oh yeah. I think a lot of people are going to fall instantly in love with this, especially those who love Animal Crossing. I like Animal Crossing, um, but really I only have experience with the original GameCube one, so I don't have the affinity quite for the later period stuff. And so this kind of borrows from a lot of that. But also, it's just it's a mobile game, so it's going to be different just by its nature. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's uh, very, very interesting. I think there's a lot of people that would love it. Yep. And with that, that will wrap us up. Yup, yup. So if you liked what you saw, there's more of this on the interwebs. You can find us on mediabookpodcast.com. We write stories that go up daily, almost daily. Uh, features every week about the box office numbers and the, and, uh, the, uh, the, in film. We have stuff every Friday talking about the new releases for the week. Uh, our thoughts for, uh, whatever we, uh, see movie-wise, play, video games, uh, listen to music. We try to put our little, our little thoughts on paper for you there, on digital paper. Um, then if you don't want us to read us and you want to hear us instead, you can pick up the audio version of this podcast on iTunes, sorry, Apple Podcasts, yep. as we're legally obligated to say now, as well as a lot of other RSS-powered uh, podcast machines. You can find us on social media. We're at Media Boat, or sorry, at Media, wait. Yes. Yes. At Media Boat. At Media Boat Cast um, Twitter. on Twitter, and we're on Facebook. Just search Media Boat Podcast and you'll find us. Yep. Uh, we're on Twitch too. That's Media Boat. Yeah, that's where we do our video game uh, streams. We're usually on Tuesday, but sometimes we're on Wednesday. So check our Twitter for when we're live yep. on Twitch.tv uh, Media Boat. We will be doing some Jackbox stuff. Yeah. Uh, which means you can play with us. Yes. So just watching us stream. Play it's with interactive. us. Interactive. We'll get to chat with you too. It's cool. Yep. And then uh, lastly, if you want to help us out, make our content even better. Go to patreon.com slash mediaboat. We have a Patreon where you can Money Manzel. Money Manzel. As <laughs> little as a dollar a month gets you a, to be a patron of our show. Being a patron gets you cool stuff that we'll, we haven't had to give because no one's a patron yet, but we will eventually. And also will help us uh, make more better content for you. So check that out. In the meantime, we'll be back for episode 100. Yes. Next week of the Media Book Podcast. It's our milestone that nobody will be here to see. So exciting. Alright, so we'll see you guys next yes. week. Uh, yes, we will be back next week. 100, please tune in. With uh, Isaac Ryan live. Brown. Live. Please and tune in live. Navia Robinson. 8 p.m. And 
Jason Maybach. I actually don't know who these people are. Um, They're kids, Matt. They're kids. Sky Cats. That sounds like a Twitter handle. <laughs> All right, we had to stop. That is a okay. Twitter handle. That, that was our cue. Sky Cats was our cue. All right, bye. Bye. bye.